Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, you know what it is. You know why you tuned in. You tuned in because it's Nando Thursday. What's up, Al? Thank you for making it Nando Thursday. Thank you for making it Nando Thursday. I just make it the fancy baseball hour with Al Melchior. <laughs> but without your generos- <laughs> without your generosity and just welcoming spirit, you know? Well, uh, I'm glad to have you here again, Nando. Um, it's going to be a fun show, I think. Yeah, I agree. When isn't it? That, well, this is, this is true. This is true. Um, but it's going to be fun because uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about Miguel Castro again. I love doing that. We're going to talk about Kyle Crick, which I don't know that I've done on the show before. I mean, maybe you've brought him up once or twice. I'm sure I have. To bring him up wherever I can. <laughs> dinner dinner parties, well, whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, if you're going to a dinner party tonight, you can talk about Kyle Crick twice today. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, some weird, uh, quirky. Uh, Obsessions that that Nando and I have about relievers, and a um, lot of uh, also weird, quirky performances. Nate Evaldi coming back from his t- second Tommy John surgery, uh, doing things that I don't think anybody expected him to do. Uh, Joe Musgrove and Ross Stripling, good yet again. We'll uh, break that down. We'll take a look ahead at next week's two start pitchers, and I actually want to start off Nando by. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you are going to a dinner party tonight. I don't know what my plans are tonight, but I think it's going to be involving some watching some sports on TV. And uh, I put out a poll to see what other people's plans were. So if you were to watch only one event tonight, which would it be? And the options I gave them were the Shane Bieber debut with the Indians, which I'm excited about. The Clayton Kershaw return from the DL, which I'm also excited about. And it's going to be a Kershaw-Nola duel. So that kind of ups the the stakes on that one. But it's also game one of the NBA Finals. So you have a preference among those three? I know we all switch back and forth, but if you if you could only watch one, which would it be? <laughs> Probably Bieber. I think, Bieber, you know, you've seen Kershaw before. There are several more NBA Final games after this one. Um, but I think Bieber would be kind of intriguing to watch just to see what he looks like, at least for a couple innings. Yeah, well, that that's kind of hedging it a bit. I mean, in reality... Oh, are you saying I didn't give a I'm, good answer? I'm sorry. No, uh, I, I just thought you, you didn't play by the rules. Well, what was that the rule? Which, is, Which one am I going to watch? I'll watch Bieber, right? Okay, so you're going to watch Bieber for a couple of innings, and then you're not going to watch any other sports on TV. Well, I have a wife. We got <laughs> we got, we got other things we got to watch. <laughs> we, got a, we got a legion on DVR that we got to get to, Al. I, I, I hear that. I totally hear that. All right, that's fine. I mean, you know. I'm sorry if that's okay with you. As as in real life, Nando, you can modify the rules of a Twitter poll just like you you have to modify the rules in real life sometimes. That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> just being uh, honest just, here. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, you know, right? I, gotta... I don't want you to lie. Yeah. You know, I, I want the unvarnished truth. Uh, <laughs> that puts you in the minority, and um, uh, I'll tell you the truth. I, I still can't decide. I'll, I'll decide. Probably the NBA finals are going to lose out. Um, but that was the winner in the poll, 43%. And I suspect I've got kind of a baseball-skewed audience on Twitter, just, you know, just going on a limb and guessing that. Sure. Uh, and still 43% picked the uh, game one of the NBA finals. But 39%, so close poll here, 39% picked uh, Kershaw Nola. And only 18% want to watch the Beebs. That's, I mean, Bieber's going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm kind of half, so in the leagues where I don't have him, I'm, uh, I'm worried that he's going to be uh, bad. I'm sorry, I'm worried he's going to be good. In the leagues that right. I have, my, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would like him to have a bad game and, and have people just be like, oh, this guy sucks, and drop him. Um, and then, you know, start two, start three, start four, he's amazing. I'm just kind of, you know, in a weird way, hoping that it's a little jittery, just selfishly for fantasy purposes. In real life, I hope he does really well, but, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I need that too. I did get him in uh, Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, so I don't have to, you know, but there's a whole bunch of other leagues where I don't have them. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna need that help uh, in those other leagues. Uh, yeah. So all right. Well, I guess we're we're in the minority, uh, but a lot of good choices there. And of course, we all do have remote controls. Um, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Maybe I should have uh, said if your remote control is broken, and actually mine mine is, but I'll still I'll. I'll get up and, and make the manual adjustments. Well, I think you could even get an app on your uh, phone now that does that, Al. Like a lot of them are you know, adaptable. Probably, yeah. I could, I could probably do that between now and 5 p.m. Uh, mountain Time. I love Mountain Time. We get all the sports early here. That's really nice. And the fresh air. That too. So, yeah, you go out, you enjoy the fresh air, and then you come in and you become a couch potato and, and watch uh, Shane Bieber on your TV. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, yesterday, I uh, tried multiple times to give Alex Ray's updates and basically just kept coming back and saying, yeah, don't really know anything new. Uh, <laughs> people are speculating this is precautionary. And in the end, it does seem like the fact that he was pulled after four innings was precautionary. He uh, told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch he felt fatigued, uh, didn't really understand, though, why his velocity was dropping. He is going to go for further examinations so we're not really, I think, done with that story yet. Uh, Reyes does line up right now for two starts next week. Um, so let's say he he checks out. Do you go ahead and use him next week? He's got one second. He's got the the Marlins, got the Marlins at home, and the Reds on the road. Um, yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Like so, so part of me, Al, is like, yeah, if he checks out, he's going to be fine. He's been tearing up the minors. He's obviously pitching well again and he's awesome and he did have enough time to come back from this you know he had a little extra time than that remember a few years ago like some of these tommy john guys are coming back in nine months um and now the thing is kind of like a full season plus whatever you missed you know from august on yeah. when you decide to have it um yeah like plus two or three months yeah yeah it seems like there's a little more time added on but i also it's it seems like when a lot of these players are coming back in their rehab there's like a two or three week period where they're kind of shut down with you know inflammation that you shouldn't worry about just stupid little things here and one of those things is sometimes fatigue so he didn't really have it on his way up in all these minor league rehab starts there wasn't like that report like alex reyes is you know 
not going to throw for three days as they you know let his inflammation or let this whatever. Um, so maybe this is it. And he was just so accelerated through the minors that he's you know he's missed it. Um, so yeah. that worries me because it could it be was. it could be an inning instead of two starts. You know what I mean? That that would be better, right? <laughs> so no, that, that that sounds plausible. Uh, yeah, and he certainly did. You know, just rocket his way through that uh, that rehab. So entirely possible. I'm so, torn. So you're not, you're to to just continue on a a running theme from Nando Thursdays. You're you're not being that skeptical of the reports. Uh, well, I, you know, it was the fatigue and the velocity, which I guess you can you can kind of write off and just be like, maybe he wasn't as hyped up, and maybe once the the adrenaline wore off, like it was just like, oh, here we are. Um, but you know, he did he didn't have that. That, and it didn't happen to everyone. And I'm I'm saying this kind of just remembering what I read and how it sometimes goes. I don't have hard proof, right. but it seems like he didn't have that point in his minor league rehab where it's like you know he gave up five runs and they you know, are going to rest him for like an extra week just to see what happens because he's complained of a dead arm or shoulder soreness or something crazy like that. Yeah, that's hey, a, yeah. Our last like four minutes of discussion has just totally been rendered moot, Nando. Oh no! What happened? Did you just see an update from somewhere? Yeah, just now he went on the ten-day DL with the right uh, lat strain. <laughs> there you go. There it is. It just didn't happen There's to the miners. Four minutes. You're all never going to get back, back, folks. So sorry, uh, everybody. Maybe Mike Flurry could go back and and, and edit this and, and just uh, you know interrupt and say, uh, please fast forward to uh, the twelve-minute mark. <laughs> I blame Al for not leading with Reese Hoskins. <laughs> That's right. This could have been all avoided. <laughs> lesson, lesson learned. For if the only you would have gone alphabetical order. <laughs> all right. So, so much for that two-start week and eight dilemmas you might have. But uh, you know, it's good practice for the next thing that comes up. Uh, did you know, Nando, that Reese Hoskins is expected to go on the DL with a uh, fractured jaw? I heard that is a sure thing, at least. Yeah, I mean, it says expected, but it it, it sounds like there's no doubt about that one. So uh, that's, you know, totally independent of the struggles he's had because the, you know, that just happened a couple days ago with him uh, getting the, the foul tip off his face. So uh, maybe, maybe the, the, the rest will do him good. Uh, we shall see on that one. Kenta Maeda, no surprise. He's on the DL with a strained right hip. Also no surprise. Jeff Samarja on the DL. With a tight right shoulder, Tyler Beatty has been called up, and I would just assume he's going to take Samarja's place in the uh, Giants rotation. Of course, you got Mad Bum expected to come back next Tuesday. Uh, Chris Davis, or as I just put it in the notes here, K. Riss, <laughs> uh, has been activated uh, after a minimum stay uh, due to his groin injury. Miguel Cabrera is going to have today off from any sort of baseball activities. He'll be evaluated before tomorrow's game against the Blue Jays. I'm assuming the implication there is he might be activated before that game. And on yesterday's show, Nando, I talked about Luis Valbuena. He had a two-homer game. He's been heating up. He's been playing pretty regularly. And now we've got uh, an injury with Zach Cozart. I mean, I just speculated just performance-wise, maybe Valbuena takes some time away. But uh, Cozart uh, developed... Uh, some tightness in his forearm during batting practice yesterday, according to Mike Sosha, as reported by the Orange County Register. Uh, Kozar feels a little better. He'll continue to be evaluated. We'll see which direction this is going. He feels a little better, but not to where he can go out there and swing a bat yet. So uh, time to pick up Valbuena. Uh, you know who I'd love to see get another shot? Caleb Cowart. 
Oh, I, yeah. I guess Valbuena, but like Cowart's been good again for, I think, the third or fourth straight year. It's all been PCL, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. He's batting over 300. His power's not exactly there, but whatever. He can steal some bases. And he can play like second, third, shortstop. Um, I don't know. I, I think everyone's going to go for Valbuena. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But if they call up Caleb Cowart, he might hit his way into regular at-bats. There's a shot. He did it for a little while last year, didn't he? He like did. Weeks. He did. And I think he ended up with not a great batting average. I think it was like a 230, 220-ish range. But for a while, he was hot, and he was doing great. And, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, finally, this, you know, this former top prospect is doing it. Um, but maybe give him more time, he would have battled his way out of the slump. I think it was, you know, he just, give the guy 200 straight at bats and see what happens. Yeah, well. Maybe on a different Angels team, I could see that happening. Right. Uh, I'm guessing. It, it, it also, I should you know mention, too, that uh, while it doesn't really sound good for, for Cozart, we don't have any sort of timetable. I mean, this might be day-to-day, you know, very short-term. So. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I like, like that possibility for Valbuena because uh, he can hit for power, if nothing else. Um, Don Mattingly, after uh, Brad Ziegler blew the save last night for the Marlins, he said that a change is – not impossible. Doesn't sound like it's imminent, but I don't know. A lot of times managers, that's the thing they say right before they do make the change. And he also said the Cal Bear Claw would be the next in line to close, um, according to MLB.com. So pick him up. Uh, yeah, I think you should, just to be safe. I mean, especially there can be a lot of teams out there scrambling, I think, with, uh, with Britain coming back and Melanson coming back. Um, it seems like that's a shot you should be taking because I don't know what's going to happen with Baltimore and San Francisco, really. I don't think anyone does. Um, so you well, might as well be stockpiling def- relievers, right? Yeah, definitely Baltimore. Because um, in San Francisco, there was a report a couple weeks ago that Melanson was not going to go straight back to closing, which obviously doesn't mean, you know, maybe a week after he would be closing. Right. But um, I don't worry about that one for, for Strickland so much. But yeah, the, the Baltimore situation's kind of weird because um O'Day's injured Brock's been so-so um but you know Britain last year every time he tried to come back he he wasn't very good and he wasn't really fully healthy so it would seem I guess I'm just based on the past I'm on my expectation is that Britain might be eased in so I think that's I think that's one to be really cautious about yeah that, that Baltimore situation and uh yeah I'm not that big on Bear Claw I don't know I mean it's just uh too many walks, you know, and it's just, it's, it's not that he's got bad control. He's just, you know, doesn't get a lot of chases and that's a, a pretty consistent thing for him. I mean, saves are saves, but uh, I guess if you need them, you should definitely go pick him up if he's out there, but I'm, I'm not really that, I don't know, not that uh, excited about it. Uh, this is frustrating to me, uh, Nando. Uh, so last night, the Mets pitched Jerry's Familia in the eighth inning against the Braves when they had uh, Freeman and Markakis, uh, you know, the, the heart of the order up. And then they brought in uh, Robert Giselman to close against the bottom of the order. So it yeah, worked out. It was a good team decision. But it, this has just been such a frustrating year for me. I talked about this a little bit, I think on, on Tuesday with Matt Modica, that this year, other than the one splurge I made on Kenley Jansen and Tout Wars, I spent very, very little on closers, and I'm having a really hard time uh, hitting the sweet spot in fab. I pick up these guys, I get them cheap, but nothing ever, <laughs> nothing ever <laughs> happens with them. So, and now you get, you know, you got, uh, you know, the Rays don't seem to have a closer. Uh, the Mets are doing weird stuff now. Javis Familia, uh, I just hate it. 
Well, I mean, the Rays at least said, you know, Sergio Romo will probably get some saves, most saves, whatever right. the kind of vague statement was. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's I, I, I think this familiar thing might be an anomaly. But then again, their manager is Mickey Calloway, pitching coach, former pitching right. coach. So, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it seems like it would operate in the opposite way. Yeah, well, I'm like an Atnu where, you know, you can get credit for all kinds of reliever stats. So, you know, we're score sheet for that matter. Anyway, we'll uh, ponder that. We got to head into break. We got a few more news items, check in on lineups and weather, and we'll talk about more relievers right when we come back after this message. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, welcome back also to Nando Thursday. Yeah. Nando DeFino on the show. Yeah. Uh, we've got some updates from the Tigers-Angels game in progress. we got other news to get to. Uh, but first, just to remind you that uh, you have a chance to win a pair of tickets to a 2018 World Series game. You want to get those tickets? Go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS for a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. There you'll find a link to a free DFS baseball contest every day. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. And while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their own families, 70%, that's nearly 14,000 people each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help and play in free DFS contests with a shot at winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. One more time, that's dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. Uh, all right, Nando, uh, yeah, right now we got uh, Angels Tigers going on. That's uh, now 5-1 Tigers. It was 5-0 in the first inning. Tigers uh, getting all over uh, Andrew Heaney in that one. Uh, then Heaney's apparently recovered uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, kept, kept them somewhat in the game. And now the Angels are on the board. But uh, a couple of injuries for the Tigers in that one. Jamer Candelario left the game with a left-hand contusion. Oh. And Ryan, I know. I know. It stinks. And Ryan Carpenter, who started that game for the Tigers, left the game with a right oblique strain. So uh, that's 
the word there. And also uh, during the break, saw something that uh, Roberto Ozuna was going to be out again today. Uh, he was out yesterday. I don't see the whole Cardinals lineup yet, but uh, that's the word. You mean uh, Marcelo Ozuna, right? Twitter. Yeah, who'd I say? Roberto Ozuna. Oh, my goodness. I <laughs> got my Ozuna's all mixed up. Hey, it's okay. Uh, yeah. Marcelo, thank you. No problem. Thank you for that one. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I'll see if there's any more lineups that come in in the next few minutes. Uh, some other news items just to get to real quick. Nanda, you talked about the uh, Melanson situation with the Giants. He could be activated tomorrow along with Joe Panic, Hunter Pence, and Alan Hansen. Uh, that according to the San Francisco Chronicle. So Giants on the verge of making a whole bunch of moves there. Uh, from MLB.com, word that uh, Jung Ho Gong is going to start playing with uh, Bradenton in the Florida State League starting tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And also getting back to that, that Tigers game, probably should have lumped this one in with the other reports. But no Leonis Martin today. Uh, he is dealing with a... Uh, Oh, he had fluid drained from his left hamstring. That doesn't sound like fun, but also would explain why he is not playing today. So uh, as far as weather goes, a couple of games that you're going to have to pay attention to as you uh, set your daily lineups. The Pirates at Cardinals, that's uh, that's going to be uh, oh, an early game, uh, 615 Central at Bush Stadium. 48% chance of rain at game time and not really uh, declining for a couple of hours in terms of that precipitation chance. And uh, the only other one uh, I see here that looks like a little bit of a risk is Yankees and Orioles at Camden Yards. That's 705 Eastern and 57% chance of, of precipitation at game time and that holding steady for a couple of hours. So that just sounds like a delay um, and not a mid-game delay most likely. So that, that one looks all right. So no big problems there. And still don't see that Cardinals lineup, but we've got, uh, starting at about 10 minutes, uh, Rays and A's out in Oakland, Stanek and Mengden, although I think it's going to be Yarbrough doing most of the pitching in that one, hopefully for the Rays. And uh, let's see, let's see, Rob Snyder in left field, Al, that's... Johnny Field in right field. Rob Snyder has been playing a lot. And he could play a couple of positions yeah. ever since that trade. And he's got some nice numbers in the minors. He had some developing power as he was as he was getting a little older. Uh, I'm a fan of Rob Refsnyder. So you like him against uh, Daniel Mangden? I like him against everybody. Wow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. I think uh, Rob Ref, maybe not for like DFS purposes, but you stretch Rob Refsnyder out over, you know, a month. And it seems like they like him. It seems like they're playing him a lot. And it seems he's the kind of guy who never really got a full shot at anything. No, no, never. You know, never. Just, uh, you know, always uh, riding the shuttle to, to AAA. And he's batting seventh. And you look at the, the top six in the lineup. I mean, it's it's not bad. Uh, you got Malik Smith leading off, CJ Crone, Joey Wendell, who's been hitting for average, Wilson Ramos, who's having a great year cleaning up, Daniel Robertson. Uh, who's been surprisingly good at the plate with power. And Brad Miller's starting to warm up a little bit, too, and he's batting sixth. So that's potentially a, a pretty decent lineup there for the Rays. You love Brad Miller. That's an Al special going back five years. I do. I was I was always more Rad Miller than Bad Miller. <laughs> uh, A's lineup looks uh, pretty much like the normal lineup. You, oh, they got Mark Canna in center field there. And... Uh, 
pretty much the normal. Oh, no. I take that back. Chad Pinder playing some shortstop for uh, the Athletics batting sixth. So that's all I got so far. I don't know why uh, all these teams are so late with the lineups today. I don't know. It's rainy. That must be it. <laughs> In rainy New York. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. Uh, well, let's, you know, we talked quite a bit in the first segment about uh, relievers, you know, mostly closers. But, you know, I was basically whining about the fact that uh, I can't get saves in any of my leagues and, you know, I didn't spend enough. Uh, but, you know, I do like the formats where you get rewarded for um, relievers who are just, you know, good pitchers. And, of course, you know, roles are just all topsy-turvy this year. But I still like the idea of looking at skills and potential opportunities and speculating, I picked up in the Scott White Dynasty League. Oh yeah, we talked about this last night, Nando. You and I. We um, I picked up Jason Adam. You said you you went and stashed uh, Greg Holland. Yes, I did. So That's, yeah, I like <laughs> that move a lot. He was out. He was out on the. Um, well, what I do in, in the Dynasty League, especially, is so deep. And this, I mean, this is going to sound like a commercial for CBS, but whatever. Um, you go to the roster trends page there, and it, I love it when it's super deep like that because you really see like who the hardcore nitty-gritty players are picking up. Um, yeah. And then sometimes I go over to most dropped, and that's, you know, just a, a bit higher, like more popular players who are getting dropped. And Holland was there. He's one of the most dropped players in CBS for good reason. But in a dynasty league where, you know, maybe guy didn't get spring training, I know his velocity's down, but, you know, maybe something messed up and he just needs a little time to, you know, right the ship. It's still Greg Holland we're talking about. Um, right. I yeah. mean, we've got two, two-thirds of the season left. This is a uh, head-to-head league. So, you know, um, well, we do have playoffs, but uh, playoffs, uh, you know, but we got enough, enough of a season left where, you know, you could get, you know, you could get something out of Greg Holland. I mean, it's not like Bud Norris has never been hurt in his career, you know. So. Right. And it's 24 teams. Uh, so, like, yeah. you know, you got to granted this is one of those situations where you can use a starter as a reliever if he has relief pitcher eligibility. So, like, a Domingo Herman can be a relief pitcher. Um mm-hmm. But that still doesn't give everyone great choices. I mean, I, I was—I've been using Carl Edwards as my second reliever all year before he got hurt. So well, and I was talking about—I think maybe it was on the last week's uh, show with you, Nando—that I went with Mike Montgomery in a starter slot because he was dual eligible. Yeah. Um, and then of course I dropped him, and then he, you know, had a great start. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I was using him as a reliever in this in the starting uh, slot, so that didn't work out. But. Um, Get back to to relievers. So last night, uh, Pirates, as I mentioned, got a great performance from uh, Joe Musgrove again. They beat the Cubs, who also got a pretty nice start from uh, Kyle Hendricks, although just one strikeout. Uh, So, you know, two-to-one pitcher's duel. Musgrove goes seven innings deep. And who do they go in the eighth inning? They got all those options. They got uh, Feliz, who struggled, Edgar Santana, who uh, blew a save, uh, I think, just the night before. Uh, Richard Rodriguez. So who they bring in? They bring in Kyle Crick, who might be your favorite non-closer, right? Or closer to, closer to B, maybe. I, and he's set up for Felipe Vasquez. When you sent me that text, we were like, we got to talk Kyle Crick tomorrow. I'm like, oh, is he saving? Is he saving? And I had to go to my app, and it was still the eighth <laughs> oh, inning. I'm like, oh, no, this is Al, come on. Why, you know? But yeah, the, he was... Well, a, res- go ahead, Al, I'm sorry. No, my response to you was, was baby steps. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because... Uh, you know, when we look for, for closers and waiting, I mean, the obvious place, I guess it's not always the right place, but the, the obvious place is, you know, who's setting up in the eighth inning. Right. And now it's, I mean, he's he's pitched, I think his last five appearances have been late innings, you know, eighth inning, twelfth inning, I think, in one of those games. Um, 
but he was the centerpiece of that Andrew McCutcheon trade, and he was a former top prospect. And San Francisco had him relieving last year, and he'd been starting his entire career up until then. Um, and he just was great. And so you figure when you get traded for one of the biggest names in baseball, um, you know whether he was past or prime or whatever, he's still a big name, and that you, you want something in return for him. Um, Kyle Crick was the man, and you got Ray Searidge there who's fixed a bunch of pitchers. And everything just added up into Kyle Crick, reliever, Ray Searidge fixes him, there's your closer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad formula right there. I'm going to, I'm going to go a step or two further on that because, you know, there's all that logic. And I mean, the thing with Crick is just, he just did seem buried in the, in the depth chart. Um, there's a lot of depth there, at least potential depth right. in the bullpen, but, um, you know, so good strikeout rate, walk rate better. Certainly seems like he's, he's made some progress on that front and, He's getting a whole bunch of weak contact when he is allowing contact. Um, I'm looking at his X stats uh, page right now. He's getting a whole uh, bunch of dribblers. So on X stats, you know they don't they just don't look at line drives, fly balls, and ground balls. They break those into other categories. Um, and so basically, the weakest type of ground ball is a dribbler, and one third of all of his hit balls are dribblers. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I love the combination of somebody with strikeout potential who, um, you know, is probably not going to give up many extra base hits either. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's a pretty nice combination. And so looking at that got me to thinking about one of my uh, sort of obscure reliever obsessions that you kind of share, Miguel Castro, because he's got that, you know, ground ball, soft contact thing going on. He did it all of last season. He's doing it again this season. Sometimes these trends don't carry over year to year. He's doing it again this season. He's got a, a 3.0 ERA. Uh, Orioles also have Richard Blyer, who's basically you know got the same sort of recipe going on. Uh, so both of these guys are, are masters at soft ground ball contact, but neither one of them are giving you strikeouts. And guy that I'm starting to get excited about is also the Orioles bullpen, and that's Tanner Scott, because he's he's in the crick mold of he can get you strikeouts. He's had huge control problems in the past, but seems to be solving them. And when he's lying contact, it's really soft contact. So I, he's like way way down on the depth chart, but he's he's a guy with some skills. Right, but this is, it's a Buck Showalter team, so who knows, right? Yeah, I mean he has to be number six, right? It would, Let's say Zach Britton comes back. So there's Britton, there's Brack. I guess you'd like Givens. whenever O'Day comes back, Michael Givens, um, maybe Miguel Castro. Right. Uh, so, he does seem to like Castro. You know, he gets gets a good number of innings. From right, Walter. And so that seems to like Blyer. So yeah, I think we've named six right there, and O'Day's on the DL. Right. But you never know. So he gets a ton of strikeouts. And Scott could, you know, maybe he, I mean, maybe go in the rotation, although, uh, you know, maybe he's better suited to relieve. But um, I know that's that's just a name to tuck away because, you know, sort of like Kyle Crick. Well, I mean, Crick maybe is getting closer now that he's in these higher leverage situations now. But maybe Tanner Scott, uh, you know, can go that, that same path somehow and, and leapfrog a bunch of guys just like uh, Kyle Crick may be about to do. Well, you know what's crazy about um, about Tanner Scott? Uh I'm just pulling him up again to make sure I'm right about this, but 
he was better as a star. In the minors, you usually see the guys with the starters. Like, if you see an ERA, 6.26, 3.83, 4.76, 2.22, right? You assume that the 6.26, the 4.76 at least are when he was a starter. And the other ones are when they switched him to relief and he found his role and he started striking people out. He was a flip. The year he started 24 games, he had the 2.22 ERA and an 11.3K per nine. That's a guy you can start. They can wow. stretch him out. You know what I mean? Like he, he, had, he was reliever, reliever, starter. That's pretty impressive. You don't see that a lot at all. No, you definitely, that's definitely uh, you know, counterintuitive, to say the least. Maybe so, he has several and, pitches. And, I'd be, and I would be way – I don't think he does. I think he I'll, – I'll look up. I think he's a fastball slider guy. This is double A, I too. Think, I mean, it's, it wasn't like, you know, A+. plus. Uh, yeah, and I, and I remember reading about a slider recently. Yeah, that's all he's thrown, fastball slider. Wow. Um, all right. 88-mile-per-hour slider, but uh, it's good. He struck out 87 so. in 69 innings. With a one well one point three two whip, but a two point two two ERA. Well, I mean, even with the lack of arsenal, I'd be excited to see what he could do as a starter. I, I just don't know if that's that's in the cards. He does walk uh, a lot of guys, but it, but it's getting better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, I'm gonna. Uh, Sorry, there's uh, our ten one... minutes on Tanner Scott, so we got that out of the way. <laughs> I get. You know, I would have been okay with fifteen. But uh, I, I do want to talk about one other reliever who, reliever who I don't think is as obscure as uh, either Scott or Kyle Crick. Um, we're probably going to have to le- let this be a cliffhanger because I think we're close to break here. But two relievers, one's a closer, one is not, who look very, very similar statistically. Reliever A has a 28% strikeout rate and a 12% walk rate. So good strikeouts, but a lot of walks. Uh, doesn't pitch in the zone much. 34% in the zone. Decent, but not a great chase rate, 31%. On uh, X stats is value hit rate, which is a, a normal rate is 7%. These are the hits that are like, you know, almost always extra base hits, only 1.1%. Uh, and a 2.35 ERA and a 1.00 whip. That's reliever A. So the basic profile is good amount of strikeouts, some control issues, a lot of soft contact. Reliever B, same profile, 30% strikeouts, 60% walk rate, a little worse. 36% pitches in the zone, 32% chase rate, 2.7% value hits, 1.89 ERA, and the same whip exactly, 1.00. So these pitchers are pretty close to identical. Um, reliever A is Wade Davis. All right. Reliever B is Jose Leclerc. So Jose Leclerc is Wade Davis, who doesn't have to pitch in Coors Field all the time. I like that. And I think he, I think he's a better a much better reliever than K.O. Nikela, even uh, with the control issues. I'm not going to go that far with you, Al. All right, well. We can keep the cliffhanger, though, for when we come back. <laughs> That's fair. All right, so we're going to go to break. You decide who do you like, K.O. Kayla or Jose Leclerc, or Wade Davis, for that matter. Anyways, we're going to take a look at some of yesterday's performances as well when we come back. Hey, you, over here, you want to win a DFS? And you want it for just $1? I got Daily Roto here. Now, why do you want it? 
Two of the guys behind it have won a million dollars. It's not just about the writers. Not one, not two, but three subscribers have won a million dollars too. That's five millionaires. Five, count them. And it's not counting the $100,000 winners too. They talk about it in the Slack channel. But why is it a dollar right now? Special price for the month of May. Yeah, if you don't like it, then walk away. If you love it and you're winning, keep going. Do I use it? How do you think I afford my massive tracksuit collection? Come on, look at the glitter on this. It's beautiful. You can sort your stats, add your own weights, read articles, distinguish between slates on FanDuel and DraftKings. You gotta go to DailyRoto.com and enter code $1. I may just be a creepy guy in a random alley inside your head, but I know what I'm talking about. That's DailyRoto.com, code $1. That's it, one. One dollar, one month, and start winning. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Nando DeFino's here because it's Nando Tuesday. That's right. Because I, I asked him to, to be on the show, and he said, yeah. He said, yeah, with a bunch of H's. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's all, When you write it out, that's also how you write it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Uh, well, uh, no DFS segment today. We just do that on Wednesday. I love it when we have uh, uh, Drew Dinkmeyer and uh, Mike Leone on here from DailyRoto.com. I learn something every week uh, with those guys. Uh, but if you play DFS and you haven't tried playing MyBookie.ag player props, well, then you're missing out. Their player props tool allows you to avoid sharks winning 90% of the money in DFS. Invest in the players that you want, but without the salary caps. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Go to mybookie.ag, open up a new account, and enter the promo code FNTSY, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. Now, often a player say, uh, who's somebody, Nando, that uh, you think would be chalk on the on the slate tonight? Um, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, maybe. I, probably Giancarlo Stanton. He's got a nice matchup. There you go. So, you know, John Carlos Stanton would be chalk at DFS, be 80% owned in tournaments because everyone thinks the play is obvious. Don't be a loser and eat DFS chalk. Instead, be a winner and play the mybookie.ag player prop. Plus, you can access the one sport not yet touched by DFS. That's the sport of kings, horse racing. So the process is simple. One, go to mybookie.ag, open an account. Two, enter the promo code FNTSY and receive 50%, your, your 50% deposit bonus and then finally, three, click the player props tool, choose your player prop, and collect your winnings. That's mybookie.ag, and enter the promo code FNTSY. Uh, got another update here on that uh, Reese Hoskins situation. No surprise. He's been placed on the DL, and uh, taking his spot is Dylan Cousins getting called up to make his debut. Al, there's a there, all right. I haven't actually had looked at his stats in about a month and a half, but mm-hmm. he's like a forty home run hit bombs hitter. Like this is the kind of guy who go on a run, and then when Hoskins comes back, like well, what are we gonna do now? Because has been awesome. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, hold, I gotta look at his stats. Fielders. He's I, I I did I did during the break. Um, he's still uh, he, this is now his second go around to AAA, and he's not hitting for average. Oh uh, yeah, I see that now two twenty four. But he walks, uh, 224, 321 on base, which is not bad. So an OBP league, he's not going to – it's not really going to help you. He's not going to hurt you too much. Right. And, yeah, he has nine homers uh, so far as an iron pig this year and seven steals. 
That's look, the year he hit forty, he was two seven this was two years ago in twenty sixteen. He was two seventy six, forty homers, twenty one steals. And that's that's Redding, which is a ridiculous ballpark. Um but the fact that he made that transition to Lehigh Valley, uh, obviously not at the same level, but he's going up the ladder to, to AAA. You figure the numbers are going to go down. He's going to a much worse park and still still hitting homers at 27 last year. And I think he had a terrible start. I think he had like a really terrible, historically bad start and then kind of yeah, maybe did. 240'd his way to the end of the season and finished at 210. Yeah, no, he got better. He got better, so it's... You know, a little discouraging, I guess, that he's not picked it up more this year. But, you know, the, like I said, the power's there. The st- he's stealing more. So nice little power speed source, uh, at least in the deeper leagues or an OBP league. Definitely not uh, average. So, but, yeah. <laughs> definitely not average. And then there's the playing time issue, too, uh, because, you know, maybe um, Aaron Altair just goes back to never playing again. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, We'll see. We'll see how uh, how Kapler handles that one. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, intriguing. So we got a few uh, performances from uh, Wednesday's games to just uh, see what we make of them and save a little bit of time at the end. We don't quite have the uh, the, the bevy of interesting two-star pitchers this coming week that we had uh, going into this current week, but there's still some ones that are uh, worth talking about in any event. So, um, actually, we got more pitchers to talk about, but I want to start with the hitters because we got a couple of uh, catchers, uh, J.R. Murphy and Max Stacy. I've already talked about Max Stacy pretty much every day this week, but he homered again and hit a double against the Yankees. And I like the fact he's got five homers, he's got eight doubles. And to me, that that's a real power hitter, not somebody who just pulls the ball all the time and has, you know, 10 homers and two doubles. If you have more doubles than homers, you're a real power hitter. That's you know you're you know you're a power hitter if. <laughs> uh, but who do you like better? Uh, I think Stacy with McCann out does have the playing time edge, but Murphy's certainly deserving a lot of playing time. Uh, he went three for five against the Reds yesterday. His seventh homer and his fifth double. I think it's for me it's Murphy. I think um, even uh, you know under the 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 auspices of you're going to be good enough. You're going to capture that playing time and eventually assert yourself as the guy. I think that's what's going to happen with him. Whereas Stacy, you know, even McCann could slide in for catcher at bats. Uh, not McCann. Sorry. Gaddis. It's, I don't know. It's just, right. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, but I do like J.R. Murphy's kind of track record, especially in the minors a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think that happened, what you talked about with the Murphy uh, potential scenario. I think that's what happened with Ionetta last year. I was really frustrated that they kept splitting the starts three ways. And then the second half, um, Tori Lavillo just, you know, said, oh yeah, let's, let's play Chris Ionetta a whole bunch. So yeah. I could, could see him going that way. By the way, I, I cannot, you know, especially if it's J.R. instead of John Ryan Murphy, I cannot look at J.R. Murphy's name without thinking about J.N.R. Record World or Music World. <laughs> um, are those still around? Uh, yeah, actually, the, well, I don't know if it's a record or Music World, but there is J.N.R., which I think is an electronics store. Um, I oh, just passed one a couple then, days. Yeah. yeah. And Jorge Soler had a big game, four hits, including his eighth home run and his 14th double. So he's on a big-time doubles pace uh, against the Twins. I've been really slow to come around, too slow. and missed, missed out on him at this point, but um, I bought into Soler now as a legit power guy. 
I was always on the, uh, you know, I don't want to be Jake Seeley, but I was always on. I love Solaire since the start of time. I think he just needed regular at bats and he's getting them. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm excited. It's, it's, it's actually kind of cool when that theory plays out. Like, just give the guy regular at bats. He had a nice OBP in the minors, he had some power. I think there's some speed in there. His batting average is very good um, in the minors and in Cuba. Uh, you know, he just, the guy just needed at bats. They kept screwing around with him in Chicago. And the last year he got hurt. So I'm happy. It's for real. That's good. Well, if Nando's happy, everybody's happy. That's, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> All right, let's get to the pitchers. Uh, it sounds much more pleasant in German. What's that? If Nando's happy, everyone's happy. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, are you happy that Nate Evaldi uh, spun six no-hit innings yesterday? I hesitate there. I, I, I had a whole... You know, choice of of uh, verbs to go with, and and didn't commit. <laughs> spun could have said twirled. I went with spun. Could have said twirled. Could have said tossed. No, you know, I think through. you're good. You know what? Spun is good because he's kind of he's he's a guy who throws super hard, like a spider's web is very strong, tensile strength. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's also some kind of grace and elegance to it because he doesn't really strike people out. Not usually, good. and then not in this game. Yeah, only four strikeouts in six innings. Yeah, he's not. A, I, I was surprised when I found out how hard he threw because he didn't strike people out. Yeah, well, I followed him closely when he was at the Marlins, and that was just a. And it's still, in a way, is kind of the Marlin way. Uh, Jose Arana, I think, one of the more recent examples, and poor Jose Arana pitched another good game yesterday against the Padres and still can't get a win because of Brad Ziegler. <laughs> Fred Ziegler. <laughs> That's probably what Jose Reina is saying today. <laughs> so, yeah, Valdi uh, coming off of his second Tommy John surgery, throwing 97 on average uh, on the fastball. His first start, by the way, since August of 2016. He's got two starts scheduled for next week uh, at Washington and then at the Trop versus the Mariners. Uh, you like that? You like that too for. <laughs> yes. You do. More two first from Al, please. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still, I got admit, I'm, I'm nervous. Okay. I mean, it's obviously a great, great beginning, but like you said, doesn't get the strikeouts. I just, you know, I, I, I want to see more from Nate Valdi, because the thing is, two start week could be, you know, double disaster. Right. And you just never know what Kevin Cash is going to do either. Maybe he's going to give him an extra day of rest and have Sergio Romo start three start three straight games or something. So, yeah, I, I probably won't pick him pick him up. I thought it'd probably be a good idea at least to stash him if this is any kind of sign of what's to come. I mean, you hope for a low ERA and a low WHIP. And I think actually Frank Stanfield was I think it was Frank. Maybe it was Florio. One of the guys here was telling me, um, you know, the the Marlins or the Marlins, the Rays have actually lowered their ERA and whip and they've done much better, you know, the third time around in the lineup kind of thing. So it seems in a way it's, it's almost like when you rest a guy um, who's always hurt, you know, those at bats that he actually gets when he takes more days off are way more fantasy helpful. Um, Maybe it is with these raised pitchers, like the way they're kind of limiting them in the innings um, works out. You get way better innings and that might actually benefit him with ERA and the whip. If you don't care about the strikeouts, which you don't anyway with Evaldi. Yeah, and you know the thing is, you pick him up for the two starts. If he only makes one, if he's healthy and rested, you still may get one really good start from him. 
Exactly. I got some I got some thinking to do. I made a terrible, terrible recommendation yesterday to somebody on Twitter, and I don't know the handle off the top of my head, so if you're listening and you know who you are, I apologize. <laughs> but I recommended somebody start Fernando Romero, who got crushed and was out in the second inning, and not to start Ross Stripling. Oh. Oh, boy. Uh, Stripling went seven innings, gave up one run, uh, four hits, two walks, and nine strikeouts against the Phillies. I kind of fear the Phillies now. Uh even without Reese Hoskins. Well, now that Dylan Cousins is in town. That, that, you just made him fancy. It's Cousins. a Cousins? I don't know what you're... I don't I know how to Cousins. say it. Oh, all right. Well, he, however you say it, he hits a lot of home runs. Uh, but Stripling now has a 1.68 ERA, a 30% strikeout rate, which is, uh, you know, that's not bad. It's actually, it's actually great. Uh, and he's, you know, part of that club that we're talking about with some of those relievers, uh, where missing a lot of bats, but you know, when the bats do connect the, the, con- the contact is soft and, uh, there's just nothing really to dislike about Ross Stripling, but just don't ask me questions about him, I guess. <laughs> just do the opposite. <laughs> right. Do the opposite of what I say about Ross Stripling. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just wasn't, I, you know, I don't know what my hangup was. I think it's just that in the past, when he had gotten spot starts, I, you know, I had high, high expectations that I didn't meet, but he's, he's on it now. So you're talking about stripling still, right? I am. Yeah. I'm the same way. I thought I wouldn't like, I think it's honestly, Al, and this is probably wrong. I think it's his name. He's got like one of those 1980s common card names, Ross stripling. So you're like, oh, this guy, you know, he's probably 4.76 ERA, 1.38 whip, uh, 6.9 K per nine. But you go look at his numbers, and he's and he's great. And that's the only way I can explain it. And it might be wrong, and it might be an idiot for saying it out loud. But his name has really turned me <laughs> off to liking him as a fantasy player until I looked at his his actual stats. That's got to be a segment next week because I, I I get that the, you know players whose names bias you against them, and maybe players whose names bias you towards them. I bet we could come up with a a, a pretty good list. I bet you there are some. I bet you there are some. Yeah, I, I mean, as far my, as far as my word associations. Ross Stripling, I always imagine like the concessions at Dodger, Dodger Stadium, like I'll have a Dodger dog and uh, a bucket of, of Ross trick, chicken striplings. But, um... <laughs> <We're> all... <laughs> we are so weirdly far <laughs> apart, but in the same place on Ross Stripling. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I would think that'd be a good association. Uh, the fries that come with the, the chicken striplings are actually pretty good. Uh, so uh, I watched a bit of the uh, Red Sox Blue Jays game yesterday was uh, early, uh, so caught a bit of it before the show. And I was really watching for, oddly enough, for Sam Gaviglio, who just had a totally different profile in his couple of starts before this one. And so I thought, you know, was, what's what's up with this Gaviglio guy? And it, it was not a good start, but it wasn't a particularly bad one considering the opponent. Uh, he went six innings, uh, four runs on seven hits, but no walks, four Ks. But on the year, he's got a 25% K rate, which is, you know, it's not Ross Stripley, but still pretty good. Only a 5% walk rate and a 3.32 ERA. But it's like a, in this start as well as his previous two, complete role reversal where he used to be with the Mariners, this guy who threw a lot of strikes, but didn't get a lot of chases. And now it's the opposite where he's, his control's not that great, but people are swinging at everything that's not, not in the strike zone, uh, which is helping both the, the strikeouts and the walk rate. Yeah, I think this could be one of those things where you get a different coach, you get a different perspective, and they maybe kind of let you be who you are. I don't know, but I mean, it's 
because he was kind of the same with Kansas City, albeit in a very short time frame, um, mm-hmm. as, he, as he was with the Mariners. But maybe this is something where it's like, dude, just go ahead. Be the pitcher you want to be. Because if, you know, yeah. if you're on Seattle, you don't listen to your coach. You know, they will, I'm sure any team, if you don't listen to what they're telling you to do, um, you know, you don't, you, okay, you're on the bench then. You're, you're not going to start. Or send you to the minors. So maybe he's well, doing what they're telling him to do, and it just fits him better, this advice that he's getting. You know, th- and that may be because, um, you know, and I don't know, um, you know, if, if where Toronto ranks in terms of organizations, but I've had Kyle Boddy on the show recently. I've had Alan Jager on a bunch of times, and they both say the same thing, that the organization is critically important. So uh, I want to know more about that situation. Uh, I wanted to talk about Patrick Cor- Corbin and Ronaldo Lopez. I want to talk about Junior Guerra. Uh, I do want to spend the last couple minutes talking about two-star pitchers. But real quick, Nando, um, Junior Guerra, uh, six uh, scoreless innings against the Cardinals. Uh, pretty good results overall so far. Are you buying him? Uh, not really. I feel like he's fooled us many, many times. Him and Willie Peralta can both go stay yep. on the waiver wire. Yeah, I agree. Let somebody else have him. Let someone else have him. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, the two-star pitchers. Again, not that many of them, but... Um, a couple of real dilemmas, not guys you necessarily uh, can go and pick up, but Zach Godley uh, at the Giants and at Colorado. So you got polar opposites there in terms of venue. You've got a dilemma in terms of whether you buy into Godley's last start, which was a good one, or the crummy ones before that. So where do, how, do you, how are you computing all of this with Zach Godley? Uh, I think I'm, I'm – okay, I like Godley, so I'm going to say he's righted the ship, and he's okay to start going forward even at Colorado. I could be way wrong, right. but that's that's how I'm. I've got him on teams. This is how I'm viewing him. Like, okay, great, we're good now. Like he recaptured whatever it was. Let's go. All right, fair enough. That was that was decisive. That was excellent. Well, I could be way wrong, uh, but yeah. Shot- <laughs> but at least it was clear. Yeah, and decisive. Uh, maybe he'll be equally decisive about Sean Manaya. He's got a couple of home starts against the Rangers and Royals. I definitely love the matchups. Uh, but I just don't love what he's done this month. Uh, you know, he still has a whip under one, so I'm just going to keep going with him until that blows up as well. All right. Well, fair enough. And as far as, far as uh, Freeland, Urania, uh, Clayton Richard, Dane Duffy, you're on your own with those guys. You're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to uh, touch base tomorrow on those guys. So, anyways, Nando, thanks so much for dropping in, as always. Love it, Al. See you next week. Uh, yep. See you next week. <laughs>